Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. Today's guest is Heather Hansen. Heather is an intuitive, a healer, a magical mentor, a creativity junkie, and creator owner of the Creative Sage Cottage, a healing destination in Union Pier, Michigan. Today, Heather shares with us how she may not have come from a fairy tale background or grow up with affirming messages and for many years wore masks of her survival self until she hit her own rock bottom just a few years back and how she cultivated that period of darkness to look within and see where pieces of her needed to be tended to from her childhood and she emerged stronger than ever. Heather truly is a magical mentor and you're not going to want to miss this episode. It's filled with so much magic and so much beauty that I can't wait for you to listen. So here we go. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood Podcast. This is Maureen, and I'm here today with Heather Hansen. Um, I did a longer bio for Heather in the intro, but Heather, I was so greatly honored to meet probably about a year and a half ago at her Creative Sage Cottage in New Buffalo or Michigan. That might be Union Pier, actually. Um, But uh, just this beautiful energetic space feel filled with healing arts and um, also attend a workshop at your farmhouse, which was such a beautiful um, event for me and experience. And I guess the way that I'm going to introduce you, Heather, is that you are an intuitive, a healer. I just told you, I consider you to be a mystic, other um, kind of monikers that you have gone by our magical mentor, mixed media artist, spiritual interpreter, creativity junkie, writer, teacher, student, wife, and mother to your rescue pooch. And um, I know our conversation today will probably span a lot of different um, areas that you sort of specialize in. And we had a conversation preparing ourselves for today. And In it, I was really struck by what you called the unseen worlds and your fascination with unseen worlds and this idea of what if all these things in front of us, the nature, the flowers, the plants, these tools we have like the tarot or um, the Hebrew alphabet, what if they were these magical just tools waiting for us to use them. They were, they, they've been part of our cultures for centuries and, and just the discovery of 
these tools is like, wow, these, these aren't just made up things that some people can access and some people don't have access to. So that was really striking to me. And then I'm just going to say a quote that you said yesterday that I think is really important. And that was, we all want to know we are holy and how are we going to support one another in knowing this? Amen. Right. (laughs) yeah, Yeah. So with those, I'll just start, you know, whatever struck you with what I just said or wherever you want to start about yourself, I welcome it. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I'm so beyond honored and thrilled and humbled to be a part of this because I feel like what you're doing is opening a container for people to be able to hear in whatever needs to come through. Um, this sacred thing that we call life and all these different moving parts, um, you give us a space where we can listen and we can listen without contingency, without judgment. Um, We can share our experiences and sort of come together as these remarkable human beings that we are. So whatever I can contribute to this part of the journey, I'm so grateful. So thank you for that. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I think one of the things that is at the forefront of the work that I do and that I hope to continue to do for as long as I'm here is this idea that like, what if this is all true? What if all these guideposts and signs and little intuitive naggings that we get and these things that show up for us, what if it's all real? What if that there really is this divine supreme being who, for whatever reason, decided to breathe all of us into existence? And now our greatest responsibility and what I hope is our deepest and most profound joy is being able to reflect back to God what he has created through our eyes. So it's a, yeah, it's a profound honor to be here in this space on the planet at this particular time, just to be in observance and celebration of what's happening right now. I I love the way that you say that. And uh, I, what I hear from people over and over and over again is, is what you just said too, about how we're all this divine representation. Like that's not just, you know, we can look at social media and say like, Oh, they're saying that they're saying that, but no, no, no. That's one of those, those gifts. Like what if, what if it were true that each one of us was instilled with these gifts, this myriad of, of just this cocktail or alchemy of yeah, what we're, what we're here to, to serve and, and, and support and, Uh, what if it were true? Well, and I feel like, you know, not all of us come from fairy tale backstories. Some of us have really chaotic, oftentimes horrific, traumatic backstories. And what if we're able to, instead of sitting in that space of these tragedies that were a part of my life, What if I could figure out a way to use them as medicine for someone else? What if every experience is holy and sacred and somehow we get to alchemize it and say, how can I use this to help the next person? How can I shine a light a little bit brighter for the next person that comes along? And so my greatest burden perhaps can become a blessing for you. And that's one of the things 
gosh, it's kind of become like one of my missions to make sure that everybody understands there's an opportunity here for the divine to be a part of all of it. If you choose to see it, if you'll mm. receive it, it's not reserved with um, the, the idea that you have to have a certain degree or you have to have gone through the worst of it or nothing at all. It just is because you were, I believe, a prayer on the heart of God before you ever took a breath into your humanity and what are you going to do with that knowing? How does every single thing change if no matter what your backstory here, backstory mm. is, you're here with intention and divine purpose. Now what? Right. There's no limit. <laughs> no, there's there's no limit. And to have someone like you and as many of us who can be a reflection for the others who need that at a particular time, it can change lives. Yes, I think that's one of the most remarkable gifts that we have is the opportunity to use our voice and use our experiences, regardless of what that looks like. Um, I, in the work that I do with one-on-one -on -one mentoring, I have a lot of clients that come to me and they want to heal. They want to figure out, like, how do I put this burden down? But mm -hmm. then it's so comfortable. We don't even recognize that we're carrying it half the time. It's like the sweater that's faded out and it's pilly and, but you won't throw it away because you, it's the first thing that you see in the closet. You don't even give it a thought. And I like the idea of shining a light into shadows where we might not want to look because we're so afraid of what's hiding there. And then realizing that it's not so scary when it's framed in divinity that yes, it was a horrible experience and I'm so sorry that it happened, but what can we do with it now? How can we take the backstory and turn it into a happily ever after for anybody else that you touch and for your own experience? Yeah, uh, I love that part of your work because just bringing up, I really appreciate you bringing up, hey, we don't all come from fairy tale backgrounds. And um, so there's no bypassing here of what we've been through. And I think, you know, you had sent me a beautiful, long, longer bio and I, in, in, in the bio, you talk about how you had your own crash and burn and kind of, I don't know, I forget what you had called it, but that time where it seemed that everything was occurring for you. And then you kind of had a, a waking up, or it sounds like a gentle waking up out of that. Um, yeah. I feel like, um, well, most of my childhood on into adulthood was chaos. It was just um, my parents had a very unique way of existing in the world. And a lot of it was not um, cookie cutter founded on truth. It was more they created their own kind of reality in a lot of different ways. And so it took a really long time to understand that this isn't the way most people are raised. Um, I started going to therapists because I was afraid that I had a warped sense of reality because if you're the one who's telling the truth and everybody else has a skewed narrative, um, the collective, even in my own home, was more like, well, you're the one that isn't actually being honest. We're the ones that are being honest. So it took a long time to sort that out. And be able to listen to my own voice and the one that was deeper. 
And then just when I thought I had figured it all out, 2017 came and um, my marriage was blown to smithereens. My younger brother passed away after a long battle with cancer. I was hit by a drunk driver. Um, my mother was, I put her, was actually coming home from putting her in the hospital with end stage leukemia. And then she passed away two weeks later. It was literally in the course of 2017 into 2018. And I was like day after day, kind of in this emotional fetal position, like my God, everything that I thought I knew and everything that was certain for me doesn't exist anymore. What do I do now? Like, where do I go? And what I've never been comfortable in like walking into a synagogue or going to a girlfriend because I had a mother who used to tell me people didn't like me. So I kept everything very close to the breast. Um, so eventually I had to sort of decide like, Am I going to move forward and somehow find my way out of this? Or is this the end of the story for me? Like, do I just kind of curl up into a ball under a desk, um, start sucking my thumb and that's the end of it. <laughs> and I decided that there was too much at stake. Like there was too much life that I had come through for that to be the end of the story. Yeah. Um, and so here I am. And I turned back to the Hebrew alphabet um, and tarot and God and all the tools that I had been accumulating in this amazing spiritual toolbox my whole life without even realizing that at some point they were going to step forward and essentially save me. And now I get to use them as medicine for someone else. So it was, yeah, it was a crazy time. And I, I think life is an ongoing evolution in healing and uncovering and releasing and but I'm still here so as long as I'm still breathing then <laughs> I'm still evolving and it's a really good day <laughs> yeah well thank you for sharing you know that the trajectory of that year and and the pain of it and I think a lot of people listening are going to relate to that because when rock bottoms come they sometimes come really big and heavy um and then it also strikes me that because I had read that you had been a practitioner and a seeker and just loved all these different kind of tools that were out there and, and it really ancient, um, you know, modalities. And then when you hit that place and you started to turn around, is that when you began to see it different, differently, like, wow, maybe these even have more meaning that I ever knew they were, and I can kind of see them sitting on your shelves, kind of waiting for you. <laughs> well, it's to so I love that, yes, I love that you just said that because I had this book about the Hebrew alphabet, this little tiny book. Um, and I had probably had it for 10 years. I've been accumulating like spiritual knowledge my whole life. I sample from every faith, every backstory, every background, because I love it so much. This idea that we all come from these different experiences and places religiously spiritually so there is this book and i kid you not i looked over at this thing and it almost like lit up it was uh it was brighter than i had ever noticed it to be so i took it off the shelf and it was all about the mysticism of the hebrew alphabet and how these letters were actually 
God's tools to create the entire universe and everything in it. Each one of the 22 letters represents something in creation. And then it went a little further when I realized, hold on a minute, the 22 major arcana of the tarot that I've been playing with essentially since I was six years old, this kind of sounds familiar. Started digging deeper, Kabbalistic wisdom and the sages, it all starts overlapping. And each of the 22 majors are assigned a Hebrew letter. There's numerology, there's astrology, there's herbs. And I just allowed myself to literally tumble down this rabbit hole and was like, okay, God, I'm listening. Show me everything and show me how I'm going to put this all together. Um, and here I am. <laughs> so it's it, been quite a journey. Yeah. Has it ever. Right. And I feel like you were in a higher consciousness and were able to see these things almost from a mountaintop down and then we're able to link them up. But what also comes to mind to me in this conversation is that the way that society is set up are in these different religions and that, that the certain tools or books or, you know, ancient teachings are for that religion only. But I hear what you're saying is like, oh, you know, maybe we can share, maybe there are through lines from one to the other. And it was never meant to be only for one group of people and other people excluded. Nope. And that's one of the things that I love the most is we, it's kind of like what you and I were talking about yesterday when I said, you and I will both stand in front of the Mona Lisa and we will both see different aspects of that piece of artwork you're going to see one thing. Maybe it's the colors. I'm going to see something else. Maybe it's a twinkle in her eye. And rather than me say, no, Maureen, that's not what you should be looking at. What if I looked at it also? What if you shared it with me? And all of a sudden I got to experience the Mona Lisa in a completely different context and through someone else's eyes. And I believe this is what God intended for us on a spiritual level. He created this unlimited body of humanity, not the same, but entirely different. Every single one of us brings something else to this story. And what if the way I experience God, I get to share with you and all of a sudden you have a different experience of God. Oh, I didn't really think of it that way. Oh, that hasn't been my experience up to this point. Um, people are always surprised when they come to me for intuitive readings and I quote scripture from the New Testament. Why do you know the New Testament? Aren't you Jewish? Yes, but it's a beautiful part of this whole thing. Yeah. And I love that there are these keys and these beautiful lines of what I believe to be divine hope. Oh my gosh, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. There's no limit to that. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. Um, that I was made in the image of the one that made me. Not if I do things a certain way, but as a being. Because it is. It was designed that way. And far be it for me to get in the way with my interpretation. I just want to be able to share. And hopefully when you leave my presence, you and I are better people for having crossed one another's paths. It's pretty mm -hmm. simple, I think. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. just gets, you know, humanity, we like to take things and make it more complicated. And I think the beautiful thing about 
God is he or she made sure there is room for everyone at the table. You don't have to do anything to be seated there. Uh, yeah. And um, you have this way of, I don't know, the person that's sitting next to you look or looking at the Mona Lisa with you, that's this beautiful um, kind of way we're meant to relate to one another. There's an energy or a quality you hold a reverence, I feel like for the human being that's in front of you or you're speaking to, it's just a different feel. And and, and one that I'd say is so needed right now. Thank you. You know, I feel like um, coming from a place, I mean, honestly, most of my life, and I, re- I was recently in Sedona on this um, private spiritual journey. It was a, an organization that offers, literally, it was a private retreat. So you're interviewed, they find out what your intentions are, and then you are assigned these different teachers, depending on how long you're going to be there. Um, And I said to the guy, the concierge that interviewed me, this is what I do for a living. So give me your best. Like I want, I can take it. I, I did it over Yom Kippur because I wanted to leave everything in Sedona and I needed answers to questions and I needed to come back knowing that I was either going to go full force into this spiritual journey or maybe I needed a course correct. So the very first day, they send me to this lovely woman and her name was Denny. Um, the title of my teaching with her was Healing the Childhood Wound. And I went into it kind of arrogant. I was like, my God, I've been in therapy like for years. I think I got this. No, this woman, a lot of the people, the practitioners were also therapists. Um, so they lent a very interesting perspective. She started asking me questions. And the next thing I knew, I was sobbing because I had this memory of being mm-hmm. in third grade and I wanted to invite a teacher to come home and have lunch with us. This was like a thing we did in elementary school. And my mom said, yeah, she's not going to want to come. She's never liked you. And you've never been somebody that she's really wanted in her class to begin with. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had this like lightning bolt moment sitting with this woman, Denny, when all of a sudden I realized that my mom spent most of my life doing this. When I would say, I want to go after this job, my mom would have some weird reason why the person who was supposed to hire me wasn't going to like me. And I'm not saying this out of a place of, I don't come from this as a victim. This is what I believe became one of my greatest tools because I walk through the world very intentionally making sure I do whatever I can do so that nobody ever feels the way I was made to feel. If I had known that God just loved me for me and that I was created with intention and I didn't have to be anything more than who I already am, how would every single thing have been different? And so it's, it's the number one thing on the top of my, like, how can I serve? is just making, I don't care if you're a Christian, a Muslim, and I don't, does none of that. What matters to me is that you know that you're here because you matter, because Mm -hmm. you mattered so much that you had to be created 
in order for God to be able to express this most holy aspect of his or herself through you. There was no other way it could be done. Oh my gosh. That's like, (laughs) what? Now what? (laughs) Yeah. And so in the ceremony that you had where this, the, the memory was coming and you're seeing the patterns of the way your mom came to you, then was there a time where then you went back to yourself with this new messaging or how did she work? Yeah, that that was, so I didn't realize at the time. So that was on Monday and every modality, every teacher throughout the rest of the week was intentionally building on each experience that you had getting to, um, it was supposed to not happen till Friday, but on Wednesday evening, I had an experience with a shamanic breath worker. Um, I thought I was dead. Like I, it took me weeks after I got home to be able to even talk about it because it was such a profound experience where I literally, I knew for the first time without doubt um, that I was, that I matter, that what mm-hmm. it was okay to put everything down now that I can now free up that space because the way I heard it in this unbelievable, it was like, a, I can't even, there's not really words to describe. I just heard this beautiful voice saying to me, you have been, you've spent your life trying to intellectualize me, but if you would just get to know me from your heart, we're already connected. This is already, yeah. I've been here the whole time. And it was like, oh, I can set this stuff down. I can literally set it down. And the next teacher had me call up an image of myself in third grade, bring it up. What did I look like? And begin to have a conversation with nine-year-old me. And that Mm -hmm. little version of me has stayed with me since, but now she's safe. Now she feels like I want to do this with you. And so you get to bring that childhood energy, that innocence, that wonder, that curiosity. Um, I get to bring it forward now. And I don't have to keep her at bay where she can feel protected and sort of out of frame. So, yeah, um, Sedona changed my life. Like I can't, there's no way to be the same after that. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know. I had read when you said you went through everything, you know, five years ago that one of the lines, you said something like, I learned to take all the masks off and, you know, through your healing workout in Sedona, you can see that, um, I think taking the masks off, it's all a process with which being patient with ourselves and calling in what we need or picking up that book. We need to read at a certain time, but then down the line, I love that it came to you all together within a week. And then you were, it feels like you really became freed. You really became liberated. You really became just your true self and ready to shine, ready to share from your essence. And then that's the gift that you give back to your clients now. Oh, I pray that's true because I feel like (laughs) I tell everybody we're onions. We're like these human onions. Um, And just when you think you understand everything, oh, there's another layer to me and there's one more. And oh, I totally forgot that happened. And only in hindsight can we look back and see this complete picture. But the, the gift of it all is not using that as a weapon or a shield, but instead carrying it forward and alchemizing all of that into the very, the very best of what's on the horizon now. Like, what can I do with this now? 
I've been given all of this. And I do believe um, even the worst of it, it, depending on how we choose to frame it going forward, can become a gift. But it's a choice. Just like we wake up every day and we decide, how am I going to experience the day? There could be 20 people that come at you with their own stuff. Do you let it stick? Do you alchemize it into something good to give back to them? What is it? What, how do you utilize that? And so I think when we live our lives from this space of holy intention, and make no mistake that it's like a, an emotional cha-cha, we take a few steps mm-hmm. forward and always back. But as yeah. long as we're moving with awareness, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said, too, that you came back from that retreat um, seeing yourself, I don't know, translator, a translator came out of that one, but you also said wounded healer. And after we spoke yesterday, I was speaking to a friend and I was so excited. And I said that, you know, you had used that term wounded healer, which I've heard before too. Would you explain that a little bit to the listeners to what you, what you mean by that? Um, I think, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant when I, I mean it with the best of intention. I feel like if we're going to step into a space of healing where we want to heal ourselves and then hopefully use that to heal forward, you can't gain the depth of understanding from a textbook. It has to have been lived. This doesn't mean that everybody's lives in order to do good have to be born out of catastrophe. Mm-hmm. But a certain sense of having walked in the shadows to know what the shadow is, because I believe very much that life is about duality and we can't know one thing without the other. We can't have a full appreciation for light until we've been in the dark. Um, so I feel like, you know, there's that phrase, healer, heal thyself, um, there was a lot of work to do. I had a lifetime of work that I've been kind of, eh, it's easier not to do it and just be protected from it um, and shove it under a box, under the bed somewhere in a box. And then when you take it out and you look at it, it's time to fix all of this and start the process of healing it so that I can draw on my own experiences and not to say your experience will be anything like mine, but I have a certain level of empathy because I know what it feels to be broken. I know Mm -hmm. what it feels like when you literally feel like there's nothing left. The hope, like, what am I doing here? Where do I find value in the world? Um, And so when people come to me and I have a very specific client in mind that came to me and said, the world is just a horrible place. Why would I want to be a part of this? And I, the only answer I could give was like, give it a chance. If you're constantly Mm -hmm. looking for devils, you'll Mm -hmm. always find devils. But if you're looking for sunshine and light and the good that's out there in the world, it's there. Sometimes it has to come from you. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that divine spark that was given to you before you showed up, that's where you have to dig into and you have to release that spark into the ether so that somebody else gets the benefit of shining from it. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's very much coming from a a broken place and then using that to heal forward. Yeah. Yeah. That I would say that would be the wounded healer for me. I, I think that giving um, 
the permission. I love, I, I like the advice of it's advice or the reflection of give it a chance. It reminds me of be willing. Just all you need to be is just a little bit willing. Um, I know yesterday you were talking about, you said something, it's time to upend everything as we know it. And um, I was wondering, you know, if we're a collective, if everyone listening in today is leaning in and listening into what's being said, you know, how can we all contribute towards um, sort of being part of that um, recreation of what this was all meant to be? Ooh, that's a big one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I love go small. That. <laughs> go big or go home, as they yeah. say. Um, well, I sort of love that because don't you have a choice as to what you're going to contribute to the world? And mm-hmm. if we literally decide, I asked a client last week, what would happen if in this moment, just while we're sitting here, forget about when you leave here. But just in this moment, what if you decided to believe that you truly are a divine being? What if you decided to know that? What if all the stuff that happened up to this point, the context of your family, forget about all of it, just for a minute, put it on mute, put it on pause. What happens then? What happens when you know I'm made in the image of the one that made me? This gets me every time I try to talk about it because- (laughs) How can your life ever be the same? How can you not want to tell everybody it's going to be okay? You came from the same place I did. And I'm so sorry that up to this point, it may not be perfect. But guess what? We have hope here. We have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to remember who we are, not who my mom told me I was, not who whatever judgment or whatever the hum- the humanity that version yeah. of the collective decided but the voice beneath the voice beneath the voice that's the one that's there when you're sobbing on the floor in a heap and you hear that teeny tiny whisper you're okay you're going to be okay get up it's going to be mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. That's the divine. That's where I ultimately come from. That's where you come from. And if we can start talking about that, if we can start reminding one another that this is my God, yes, we all started in the same place. And how can we grow this? We that's hope on a level we can't even begin to understand yet. And I think that's the other thing. Um, There's a Hebrew letter, Samach, and Its energetic essence is the reminder that you and I cannot see around corners. So whatever has been up to this point, there's something bigger at play here. And if we have enough faith to know that there's a lot happening in the ether, that if it is meant for me, is working its way to me, that takes a lot of burden off of me because I get to just step out of the way and say yes. And if we all decided to say yes, then what? Can you Mm -hmm. even imagine how different it would all be? Just the message alone, Heather, to to hear that and to have um, the permission to even begin to to believe that. I love what you're saying, too, because I've had a pull recently to reflect back to people all the things they are doing. Or just that reflection, because I think what you're saying too is 
based on what's gone on for us in our lives, we, we, we uh, just develop these stories and these limiting beliefs. But so part of what I hear you saying is like advancing the humanity and the collective is seeing it in each other and um, reflecting back, being the mirror that, that we can't always be for ourselves and holding up the light. And I love the Hebrew letter and the around the corner and the unknown. And can we let go? Can we trust? Can we know that it's all going to be working out in our favor? Well, I mean, this isn't easy. I think that that the big misperception is like, oh, I say yes to God and my divinity. And now all the other stuff is just going to miraculously fall away. Um, I've been committed to doing this work for years, but never was vocal about it Mm -hmm. because my story has always been, well, who would I be to talk about this? My mom didn't even like me. Like if my own mother didn't Mm -hmm. like me, how could I possibly help someone else? And then I realized my mom was doing the best that she could with where she came from. And it's these, we have these generational limitations and understandings because we don't know better. And once we do to know better means we have the opportunity to do better. And so if I decide on Tuesday that I'm going to begin to believe a different voice, there's a lot of possibility there. And if you get to see me doing that, or I get to see you doing that, and that makes it a little more okay for me, now we have a ripple effect happening that we don't even mm-hmm. understand the limitation. I mean, there's it just keeps going at that point. But yeah. sometimes we have to be able to see it in someone else to know mm-hmm. that it's okay to do that. I, I agree with you completely. And, uh, you know, people might even look at you and say, oh, this is so easy for her. But you are telling us your journey was not always stepping into that. This is who I am. These are my gifts. This is how I serve. It's been an evolution, but I love how, you know, a couple of times today you've pointed out, you know, no, there is healing to be done. And I think that when I, you know, had gone through my breast cancer journey and then down the road, when the idea of this podcast came to me, I always had in my experience that these two elements, joy and healing could co-occur. And it's, it, it was when I put the language together for the podcast, it was joy and healing could co-occur and then within community. And I think it's important what you're saying, because we all have our painful places and we are all, you know, we are here for each other to, to be here for each other, to help the healing process, how we can. And largely it's our own to do and, and, and then there's the, and, um, I also love yesterday, I think, I don't think I said the words that you said, but when you said, if um, all this is all this beautiful, magical um, tools in front of us, you called it the show and tell. And I just thought a lot of what you're tapping into reminds me when you talk about the divinity and the show and tell it reminds me of our childlike nature. It reminds me of how we used to play and be in the sandbox and um, just the delight that we carried as young, young children and yeah. that we see, we witness in young children. But that is a rediscovery of our inherent essence, I believe, too. It's a choice. 
because we can layer on. I mean, listen, being human is tough sometimes. Like there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown at us that given a choice, we would not have chosen this for ourselves. So what do we do with it? It's already here. I can't deny it. That hasn't served me in any way. But what if the worst of it actually can serve me? What if there's something good that I can do with it? And my God, what else is out there? Like, where's the rest of the story? If I shrink myself down, keep my head down and don't look for it, all that magic that's been tapping, that's been trying to get my attention is like, all right, well, I gave it a shot. I guess I'm going to move on down the road to Amy's house. Maybe she's open. Maybe she's listening. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, sometimes um, someone said to me, I think I told you this yesterday. I was having a conversation with someone about God. And I said, I truly believe at the end of the day, it's all about loving one another. And this person looked at me and he was like, that is, that's from the mouth of a simpleton. Nobody, nobody talks like that. Nobody actually believes that. And I was like, yes, but what if that's true? Why wouldn't it be so much more exciting to live in that world and to come at life from that experience? Because little kids, they bring like a certain energy to things until we tell them not to, until we say like, no, Johnny, that isn't how it's supposed to be. You shouldn't be that joyful, contain yourself. And I feel like It's so interesting to me because we start out like that. We go through this grown-up aspect of ourselves, and then we become older. And in our later years, we get back to that place a lot of times. Mm -hmm. They lose their inhibitions with age because at a certain point, you say to yourself, what have I been waiting for? Like, why have I been keeping all of this joy in a box, there's only so much time. I yeah. may as well enjoy it now. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. being from a plate, you know, when people come to me, um, I create a lot of uh, personal rituals for people to just draw their attention to the present um, while they're setting an intention. And a lot of times people will ask like, what kind of candle holder should I use? And I always tell people to go to a park where a lot of children play and collect the gravel or the dirt from around the swing set, the slide, the playground, and anchor your candle in that. Mm-hmm. Because that energy, that's pure joy. That's what it yes. looked like when we were kids before the world said it's not supposed to be that way. So every mm-hmm. time you look at that dirt, yeah. it's just some gravel, but it's charged with this beautiful innocence that laughs when the craziest things happen and doesn't care. It's just innate joy. And that's what it should be. And I feel like that's what you're delivering too, because if we, if we talk about the creative Sage cottage, which you opened, um, I've been there. And when I walked in, um, it's, it's, it's got, a little bit of something for everyone. And you feel like a kid in a candy shop because it's, it's so, so magical. And the, everything that you're describing today and the different things that you turn to, um, to assist your clients and yourself, it's like this potpourri. And that's the way I see the, the cottage as well, because someone can walk into it 
and pick and choose, pick up a journal and say like, is okay. Oh, is this one for me? Do I like the color? Okay. I'm going to put that back. I'm going to go over here. Oh, she's got crystals over here. So just talk about um, that create the creative sage cottage and how did that come to be? And it's, it's just such a magical place. And I know a lot of people are going to visit and get joy from it. Thank you. It's like my bubble. I always tell people, you know, I've been doing this for a while and I had this little tiny cottage that we had built next door. I'm super lucky because I live on a piece of land we purchased that zone commercial residential. Um, so this is literally in my backyard. And when I started out, I just, I mean, I've been, I was afraid to say like, oh, I do tarot readings and I'm an intuitive, but I'm not a fortune teller. I want to share my understanding of God with you. And I didn't want to sound like everything I've done. I've always like held everything back, but then I sort of started putting it out there. Like this isn't for you to have a winning lottery ticket. This is not for me to wave a magic wand and change anything for you. This is for me to offer awareness and people started showing up at this teeny tiny little cottage And you would, I'd have to like open the doors and bring chairs and these beautiful conversations would happen. Um, And I, my husband Mm -hmm. thankfully is immensely supportive and was like, yeah, we have to, this isn't going to work. We're going to need something else. So we decided that I would have a bigger space. We would basically like, I think we tripled it um, because I do new moon and full moon workshops and It's about community and it's about sacred community. And I have a waiting list. People like wanted to be a part of a conversation and community. Um, And to be honest with you, I had this, I'll call it a download or during a meditation um, where I heard a voice very clearly saying to me, I'm going to there I'm going to give you all the tools. I'm going to make sure you have everything you need. Show them the tools and then get out of the way. Eventually everybody will find their way mm-hmm. to God, I hope. In their version of the of God. I feel like my job is to say there isn't a right or wrong way to get there. You could try this. You could go to church, you could go to synagogue, Whatever feels right for you, wherever you feel most comfortable in relationship with God, go there. These are the things that I feel good sharing with you. Do I think that I'm going to hand you a piece of rose quartz and you're going to fall madly in love with yourself? Nope. But I pray that when you hold that piece of rose quartz, you remember what it means. And when you remember that it's about unconditional love it triggers you to start thinking that way about yourself. So I feel like a lot of it is, I call them for a better, for lack of a better word, like holy props, because Mm -hmm. they really are, um, you know, I'm known for these mojo bags and intention candles that I create, but I'm not doing anything other than putting things together that are in direct spiritual and energetic alignment with whatever your intention is for yourself. So Mm -hmm. I just create a space for it. And then I hope to open a dialogue about it. What you do with it when you leave, that's completely up to you. And that's between you and God. I don't believe there's a right or wrong way of taking that journey. I believe the most important thing is that you say yes to the journey. Because that to me is like, there's nothing better. Oh, I think 
anyone stepping into the place and you call them the mojo bag. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. It's an invitation. It's a, I can see though that when people come in, they're ready, they're ready to go. They're ready for the conversation there. People are hungry. We're, we, we talked about briefly yesterday that most of us have been conditioned to be brought up in the, the doing, 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 and we're all deprogramming from that. I believe COVID, you know, COVID handed us that lesson and some of us may have gone back. And even if we went back to the previous doing, we're still being called to deprogram that. And I think we know it. So that's awareness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And thank God Mm -hmm. for that. I mean, truly, I, I mean, I, COVID was horrible. And so much of what happened during that time was just catastrophic on a million different levels, but it shattered a sort of sacred vessel and scattered light everywhere again. And we came back to our families. We came back to a place of quiet. We came Mm -hmm. back to a, a place of understanding what it feels like when we cannot be with community. So we figured out ways to create community, even if we weren't sharing physical space together. Um, so yeah, it was awful on a million levels, but then there was the, it's the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the pendulum has to go to the worst place so that it can swing back again. That's that duality. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I love more than anything is the new moon, because going back to biblical times, um, way back in the Old Testament, it was essentially given as a God gave it as a the new moon is like a gift for women. Um, It's a moment for you to press pause on everything Mm -hmm. and be in this place of faith that even though we can't see the moon, it's there. And it's this, this opportunity to come together and be still for a moment, check in on our lives, on one another, on what the energy of the season is, on what the the energy of the calendar day feels like, and try to get ourselves in soul alignment with that. Um, and I feel like that's the that's the pendulum swinging back to that place of awareness because we know we know that we can't keep running around like maniacs. At some point, we're all going <laughs> to crash. Yeah. And so if it's just one day a month that you decide today's the day I'm going to be quiet, that starts something. That's a seed for something. And it's a pretty amazing place to begin. Mm. And uh, when we're recording this today, are we on the eve of a new moon? Full moon. Full moon, full moon. Yeah, we're okay. to, yeah. like tonight into tomorrow night is the full moon. And so this is the other part of this. So if the new moon is all about faith and setting an intention for what we would like to draw forward for the next 30 days, whatever your time frame is, the beauty of the full moon is full illumination. We get to check in that light, that beautiful divine energy of the moon lights up all the corners where the shadows live. And we Mm -hmm. get to ask ourselves, okay, how am I doing as far as this intention I set? How do I feel about this? Do I need to tweak anything? Um, Are things going well? Is there something that is in the way that I can release in order to hold space for this new intention that I've created for myself? So most of the time, um, when we do workshops on the full moon at the cottage, I don't know if we did this when I was with you, where we write down what we would like to release. 
we then set it on fire and allow it to go <laughs> up into the smoke. Um, but I don't like anything to be left open-ended. So we then take those ashes and we mix them with roses and lavender and salt and all sorts of energetic organics um, and now wildflowers. And we sprinkle them with the idea that something that was a burden yesterday now becomes a blessing. And it's sort of a seed now. We alchemize something that felt negative and we yeah. make it into something potentially really positive. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have this new space where something else good can move in with intention. Beautiful ritual. I, I could, and to be able to have access to that through nature, you know, yeah. one, once monthly for each of those events, it's, it's, it's right there for us. I really uh, love and appreciate sort of as we're wrapping up here, just the way that you approach life and, um, really when you talk about the shadow, cause I was thinking of you and, and holding even the light in the dark, you know, even when you talked about COVID and you said that it was really hard times. It's, I, I love that you can name that and not have to bypass the reality of what that was or how that affected people's lives deeply, not always for the better. Yeah. And, um, and to be able to name it and just be with it and just, it kind of, it's, it's got an ease about it and a real um, grounding for sure, but just an honoring of, I think what I'm tapping into is honoring of each of our experiences. Then we, and to do that for another is such a big gift. It's sacred work. I believe mm -hmm. it's 100% sacred work. I always tell people, you know, kids, when they come to your room in the middle of the night, because there's a monster under their beds. Um, there's some dark shadowy thing that's terrifying to them. And then we go into their bedroom and we turn the light on and we show them under the bed that there's nothing there to be afraid of. It's just yeah. a shadow. Yeah, I feel like this is how if we choose to exist in the world, it could be really bad. It could be a horrible, terrifying thing, but we still have to look at it. We still have to be able to acknowledge that it exists, because if we are not willing to shine a light on it, it never has an opportunity to heal. Mm. Some seeds grow in the dark, but ultimately they need light to thrive. You know, the yeah. lotus flower, which is like one of my sacred symbols, she starts out in the mud. I mean, it's the very worst conditions for her, her to begin. Yeah. And yet she knows if she keeps climbing, there's light to be found there. Mm. But we have to have the experience. We can't do not pass go, do not collect 200. Like you have to be able to walk through this yes. because every part of this process is for you. And if mm -hmm. we decide to know that this whole experience is here for us, we get to look at it through a different lens. And even if it's scary, something good potentially could come out of this. And what if that's true? Now, what do we do? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a great, it's, it's, it's a great way to, to just circle back around and, and finish today. Um, you've left the audience with so many beautiful um, things to think about, things to explore. And I always ask at the end, where can listeners find you either online or, you know, physically, if they venture up into your area? or any workshops that you have coming up? 
Yeah. So every month I'm in Union Pier, Michigan, um, this magical little lakeside town in southwest Michigan. And my cottage is um, on the property right off Red Arrow Highway by the legendary Skip's Restaurant. Um, You can go online to creativesagecottage.com and find out all about what's coming. Instagram, Facebook, um, Carrier Pigeon. I have a mailing list. (laughs) It's all like I do the best that I can. I have to tell you, like social media and I are not we're not on the greatest terms because I love to communicate like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in, if information about workshops and magical mentoring is definitely available there. I also started sending out actual love letters to people. Um, I kept hearing that I needed to send mail, like real snail mail, because we don't all exist in this computer land. So I put out a call like a year ago and just said, hey, if you're up for receiving a love letter, I would love your physical mailing address. And I honestly thought like, oh, maybe five, 10 people. So I'm over 300 names on this list right now. And well, I sit down. I mean, people don't even realize I'm actually writing you these letters. So I pray about it. Um, I ask what name needs to be like, who do I need to write the letter to? And then I wait for the address and the name to light up. I sit for a minute and I write this hand illustrated, handwritten letter. Oh my gosh. And then it goes in the mail. So if you're somebody who craves mail, (laughs) Mm -hmm. physical addresses are something I'm still collecting. Um, And the cool thing is I'm getting letters back now. So I'm, Mm. (laughs) I feel like I'm in day camp again, but I have like pen pals. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. There's many ways for us to come together, but always here at the cottage, I'm, I've open hours on Fridays and Saturdays and then the new moon every month, it fills up very quickly because I try to keep it very intimate. Um, but hopefully it will be expanding at some point. So I would love to hear from your people and Mm -hmm. keep building this beautiful, holy community that I know has just beautiful and tremendous and sacred work to do. And whatever mm-hmm. I can do to support that, I'm here for all of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, thank it's you. a good thing. Thank you. Yes. Okay, Heather. Um, so thank you to the listeners for being here today. And I know that you just are walking away with so much. So uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit MaureenSpielman.com or MysticalSisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.